Good morning. morning. Almost worth it to get the mask off. (laughs) Almost. Uh, Good morning. I am Ryan Kruger. My wife, Kelly, and our three daughters, Quinn, Regan, and Mackenzie, moved here to St. Joe's about four years ago in time for them to start school here as preschoolers and a kindergartner. This wasn't something Kelly and I expected. Uh, We assumed we were going to grow old as parishioners of Our Lady of Humility, where Kelly grew up. Um, God slammed that door shut 20 weeks into Kelly's first pregnancy when we learned we were having twins. Shortly after I regained consciousness, uh, true story, um, we were searching for a new parish, uh, one that had a school and two classes per grade. It didn't fit into our plans, but now St. Joe's is home. You know what I mean. I'm preaching to the choir, right? The love we feel here is special. Sometimes those blessings in our life aren't recognizable without that aid of hindsight. Sometimes blessings feel more like the complete opposite when they're given to us. That's a lesson for you kids who are still paying attention. Like one time I was so mad because the summer internship at Abbott Labs I had been praying for turned into a third shift job. A few weeks after it started though, in walked my wife, well, in walked Kelly, chosen my wife, and at the time neither of us were looking for a long-term relationship, especially because we were going to two different universities in two different countries. But it was funny because even her mom encouraged her to go out with me that summer. I'm sure it had nothing to do with the fact that I'd be leaving for Canada in a couple weeks. But the next thing I knew and several shocking phone bills later, we were discussing marriage and how we wanted our children to be raised in one church. So one of us would have to convert. I attended the RCIA session with the sole intention of getting all the ammo I needed to show Kelly why we would be raising our children Lutheran, (laughs) beyond the obvious fact that Lutherans do sing louder. (laughs) Sore subject. Uh, It didn't go that way. They say you should marry the person who will get you to heaven. And admittedly, theology was not the first thing on my mind when I met Kelly. Um, But her deep faith has led me to a deeper relationship with God than I thought possible. Once we were married, we tried for a couple of years to have kids and could not. Once again, my great Catholic mother-in-law interceded on our behalf and began praying that we would conceive. And either she prayed too hard or she didn't stop in time. But I'm convinced that's how we ended up with twins, and in two years, three kids, two and under. Let that be a lesson. If your mother says she's praying for you, watch out. (laughs) So that's us. Like a lot of couples, most of our time is, you know, spent figuring out parenthood and that work-life balance, and reducing the guilt of everything that we're doing and the guilt of everything we aren't doing and should be. Basically, life was going along, and then Deacon George called and asked me to give her a Father's Day reflection. I feel like reflection was a good word choice. Upon reflection, it's easier to see the way that God's working in our lives. Pretty quickly, I realized this talk was his way of teaching me something. I say quickly because he's done this to me before. Shortly after I entered the church, the RCIA director asked me to give a talk on morality and living a Catholic life. 
it was not because I was a virtuous guy. Um, when I told Kelly, she actually laughed out loud. Uh, irony was really lost on no one. So I began reading, and I thought that I'd been doing this living a decent life thing pretty okay. But that reflection highlighted several roadblocks that I had constructed around my heart and soul to keep God in the place I had put for him in my life. A few years later, they asked me to give a talk on voting with conscience, aptly timed in 2012. And I won't discuss politics, but I will say it forced me to tear down my civic philosophy and a couple more roadblocks. We got a break for the diaper years, as we refer to them. And then Deacon George called, and once again, reflection was asked of me. And there were three roadblocks that I saw that were affecting more than just the health of my soul. First, I needed to adjust the definition of what a father is. So far, I was focused on that microscopic view of keeping kids from hitting their heads on tables, and not the true purpose of showing the, my children an imperfect version of God the Father's love. The other day we were in the car, and they can tell you that we were talking about why God was better than LOL dolls and Apple watches, and, you know, it was a pretty serious debate. When one of my daughters, obviously frustrated, said, but how do you find God to talk to him? I was floored. You know, I was getting them to church, and I was talking at them about God, but I was failing in that most important part of showing them how to have a relationship with the Heavenly Father. God showed me I needed to spend more time loving them and actually looking at the clouds that they point out and playing basketball rather than critiquing their crossover dribble. Hopefully in this way, they'll glimpse the Father, their real Father, who's not gonna let them down or tell him to go ask their mother, or yell because he's short-sighted and tired and he's willing to take that out on them. Okay, second change, the action of fathering. Too often I'm focused on the wrong things. Um, they'll tell you I spend way too much time focused on their manners, as if at some point in their life there's gonna be this life and death situation hinging on their ability to chew with their mouth closed, and hold a fork properly at the same time. Um, that doesn't mean we're not gonna still play the manners game, guys. It just means that I hope you remind me that God loves you even when you're slouching or doing that thing where you shovel the whole plate of food in your mouth in one bite. And then we can refocus on what really matters as we're sharing that family meal. I know the desire to raise perfect kids was something that my parents gave me. And it's not all bad. They showed me how to parent, and if you look at the big picture, maybe not adolescence, you get a pretty good sense that they did a, a decent job. So thanks. My dad was very strict. And growing up, we were convinced that the tough rules he put for our house were created literally to ruin our lives. And whenever we pointed this out, he would just kind of shrug and say, yeah, we'll talk about it when you're 30, which we did. And as much as I hated to admit it, at that point, I saw he was right. Even if he wasn't justified in thinking we're up to no good, which he totally was, or if he didn't trust us enough to make good choices, which we wouldn't have, I can see, now that I'm a dad, that that protection was a form of love, 
and choosing to fight for our safety over and over and over and over again was itself a lesson in faithfulness. I guess that's why I'm a little happy and kind of proud when my girls say that I'm the meanest daddy in the world. My dad believed the role of a parent was not to make a child happy, but to mold them to a good person and a faithful human. He grew up on a farm in seriously rural Michigan, not even a one light town, just a blinking one. Um, and one of his favorite stories from growing up to tell was when my aunt was spending time with kids in town and the boys were working in the field. She came home and bragged to everybody, ha ha, I got to have a hot dog for lunch, not more of that stupid steak. And, and it like, it, I understood why that was funny when I was a kid. But now as an adult, I see that sometimes what kids want and what they need are two different things. And my dad did teach us that. And reflecting showed me that for my kids, I want to take it a step further and show that a lot of what the culture is offering is hot dogs. And what we're eating at this table is better. <sighs> Kelly said I would have to practice it a lot to not cry. And I was like, I'm fine, I got this. She was right. All right, last change, almost done. Um, I want to redefine what being a successful father means. Parent, parents know what I mean. Even before I saw them, I loved them. And I met them. Ah, oh, man, you know. So the delivery nurse gave me my youngest daughter, and her eyes were open. And she looked at me. And I don't know, she, I was talking to her, and someone was saying something about vitals, and I was talking to her, and then someone was saying, you have to bring her over here, and I, I was talking to her, and then I did give her back, um, but they had to take her from me. Um, and in the time, my, my love hasn't changed, it hasn't lessened. But it doesn't come out when I'm fathering. At work, I can listen to a client for hours. And then I come home and I freak out because someone spills a glass of water. Or I don't find the time to find out what type of house my daughter's hippo wants to live in when it gets old. Hippos are important. We used to pray together every night before we went to sleep. And all of a sudden we weren't. And it wasn't a conscious decision. You know, we didn't think about it, we just, we just weren't. And that lack of focus reduced the amount of time spent with God in my life and my kid's life. Bishop Barron often talks about how the root of the word worship is worth. And I feel I was valuing lots of things, like yard work and work work and laundry and sleep above God. And we give that time and that talent and that treasure to something, and I realize I need to reevaluate those priorities. We have started praying again since I got Deacon George's call, um, and I hope this time God will help us make it stick. Uh, happy Father's Day, and happy Father's Day. Thanks.